from Cape Town. This is the voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM. Sunday Live. On 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live. Well, eight minutes after eight in the a.m., welcome back. My name is Mohammed Sheikh, and yes, good to be in your company this morning. 072-238-0712 is our WhatsApp line, 47913, our SMS line. As mentioned previously, this uh, this particular hour, we're dedicating focus to, um, you know, the, the statement of rural development and land reform minister, uh, or rather the engagement with regards to claimants of uh, District 6 late last year. And, uh, you know, um, it's an ongoing issue that we have been discussing with regards to redevelopment of District 6 uh, for a good few months, in fact, uh, a year or two already. And uh, yes, joining me this morning, we have uh, Alderman Marianne Neovot. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, she's the city's mayoral committee member for spatial planning and environment. Good morning. Good morning, and your pronunciation is wonderful. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, also, a chief champion with regards to the people of District 6 and the restitution or redevelopment uh, um, you know, processes on behalf of the people, Dr. Anwar Nagy. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And morning, Council Nibet. Morning. It's good to have uh, uh, both of you in studio. So, the Rural Development and Land Reform Minister, Toko Didiza, was in talks with claimants of District late last year. So she submitted a detailed plan on the redevelopment to the Land Claims Court for claimants to lodge claims between 1994 and 1998. And, um, you know, with regards to this being our opening opening point of discussion, uh, one of the most challenging bits of contention, I would call it, uh, you know, councillor, is the financing of the whole redevelopment structure. Well, what would your comment be with regards to financing this particular process for claimants to access and uh, the redevelopment to take place? Our engagement with the, uh, the minister is uh, to define the roles and responsibility of both her national department and and the city. Right. And the city's role is to ensure that the infrastructure is available for the development. Mm-hmm. Uh, but keeping in mind, uh, the city will then uh, say supply or make, or make sure that the infrastructure in bulk is available. But the inner services need to be supplied by the developer, which is then in this case, the the land reform uh, department. Okay. Uh, we have agreed that uh, they will come to the city with the detailed uh, figures mm-hmm. in order for us to budget for the 2021 uh, financial year. Okay, so the land reform department within the city council, that is? No, 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 no. National. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly there seems to be an overlap between roles and responsibilities, functions, you know, going here, going there. Ultimately, what people want to embrace and acknowledge is accountability. Uh, at what point do we draw the city and saying that, you know what, this mandate between national and city, um, the common person doesn't distinguish between the two. He's like, it's government, yeah. right? The average yeah. person, it's government. Mm-hmm. And telling them that it's city versus national is not really going to make that much of a difference. Ultimately, claimants want to move in or want to get access to um, you know, these properties that were entitled to previously. So in terms of accountability, would you say you'd also represent national department or vice versa? No, I don't think maybe uh, it's not versus each other. We right. 
we need to take hands and I think uh, at this stage I'm um, comfortably yeah, uh, assured that mm-hmm. we are at least on the same page that we need to go forward um, and the roles and the responsibility is clear in this case on uh, to the level of what is each body's task and mm-hmm. responsibility. For instance, we've agreed that we will assist them uh, in facilitating the uh, uh, different the, uh, discussions with mm-hmm. the uh, department, which have played, uh, taken place, and they now need to get the cost accounting on board so that we can have the correct figures in order to budget for it. Uh, and the D date for that is, is March, uh, that they will come uh, back to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally had a discussion with the DG, uh, which is a, one, was a wonderful man, and he, they've also agreed that they will come back. Uh, but on the practical level, uh, I think the complex issue at this stage is the rubble and the, the impact studies that still needs to be done uh, on their side. Sure. So it's a process that we can gather as much with regards to setting the budget and funding the budget. Whose responsibility is that? They need to fund on, on their side, and we need to fund, but we will. Uh, the funding will come from the USDG grant, which is then from the Department of Housing mm-hmm. from National, and where necessary, we will supplement that from, from our own uh, income base. Okay, so it's a complementary role in that, uh, from yeah. what I'm understanding. Yeah. Dr. Anwar is that your understanding of the situation in terms of funding for this process um, the same as Councillor? I'm pausing a bit because my my understanding of this project is a bit vexed. Okay. So I have that, that uh, thing I want to state from the start. Now, both the minister and the city, uh, together with only certain sections of District 6, have responded to uh, an application that was before court. Mm-hmm. And that application before court was to uh, subpoena minister, city of Cape Town, the provincial government and other state departments within land affairs to say, listen, two things must happen. One, we want you to speed up the redevelopment of District 6, mm-hmm. which the beneficiary trust and many of the claimants have no problem with. Right. The problem we have is that they've identified only the 94, 98 claimants. Right. Okay. So that window of claimants, many people feel aggrieved because they are left out of the process because the the very national government Mm -hmm. opened and extended the cutoff date um, till 2018 which is is long past now Mm -hmm. and the 2018 cutoff date would have allowed not for 900 homes to be built Mm -hmm. but for a much broader spectrum of claimants uh, even to an extent where you can have a mixed use of social housing so in, in other words the 900 homes that has been agreed upon is not agreed upon with everybody and I can understand the city's process the government has come to the city and told the city listen 900 homes is what you need to help us with there's something called the municipal infrastructure grant Mm -hmm. the city's own planning and it responds to other housing housing uh, developments in the city and they're saying okay we can play a role so together the city and Minister Talk with Deza and her team um, went to court and made that to an extent an order of court so that the court cannot put pressure on the minister. The previous minister 
uh, that was there, Chabani, uh, were fined by the court um, because she didn't submit the plan or consulted each of, each of the stakeholders and players. Sure. So Minister Toko Didiza did not have a meeting with claimants per se. She had a meeting with various stakeholders, myself and others, to a meeting and not put this to the greater claimant community and mm-hmm. saying, listen, um, I will be doing something about the what they call the latecomers. Mm-hmm. And so the city's planning will be ill-informed, mm-hmm. will be ill-advised, and will be a betrayal of the rest of the people that needs to come back because that matter is still before the Constitutional Court. Mm-hmm. And whilst we can see the progress being made on their side, the 25th of this month, mm-hmm. there's the final submissions for amendments uh, to Section 25 of the Constitution. And Section 25 of the Constitution does two things. One, it informs the issues around the whole question of compensation, mm-hmm. uh, and it re- uh, revolves around issues with expropriation about compensation. Sure. Plus, it also addresses the issue of land restitution mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the extension of that cutoff date right. because where consultation processes mm-hmm. wasn't, wasn't met. That consultation process there, and we're literally a few months or even weeks away mm-hmm. before we make a pronouncement and put city and everybody into this, mm-hmm. into this dilemma where they put a 2021 budget in place, the land affairs and saying, okay, if it's 900 homes, there are little sums and saying, okay, probably with a bottom structure, mm-hmm. uh, electricity reticulation, water reticulation, cleaning of the burgess, which the council has referred to now, taking away the sand and the rubble, where do you dump or where do you put that on? Because the, 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 the previous um, ministries allowed the burgess to be built and, and people are literally buried in their, own, in their own rubble where they were forcibly removed. And this was our debate about the, the issue around Hanover Street, which is not Hanover Street. It's, it's the El Kaisercraft, because Hanover Street still exists. So there's a lot of complex issues which don't satisfy the body mm-hmm. of claimants. All right. And so if I'm understanding correctly, one is the concept of physical rubble removal and restitution in the physical state of mind. Yeah. And the two issues of grievance that comes out of this entire debacle that's ongoing, one is select claimants were offered compensation between 94 to 98. And the second is the heritage of the area itself in the process of removing rubble, so to say, inverted commas, hasn't been taken with that sensitivity. Yeah. So, so look, it's, 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 very, it's very sensitive and complex. So you have presently the renaming of Zonnebloom to District 6, which mm-hmm. is now before uh, the ministry and the city. In fact, the Minister of Arts and Culture in the 1930s will probably make a pronouncement of that together with the city of Cape Town because they the de facto city um, controllers. Mm-hmm. But there's another heritage application called a Schedule 1 heritage application to, which speaks to planning and speaks to, to, to city infrastructure which will inform a design lines and inform what are the uh, capacities for development that can or can't take place in District 6 in okay. terms of heritage. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of things which will take place in the next few months. Right. My fear is that everybody's rushed to make the announcements which we are, are, are doing today and encouraged to an extent. But it might be an exercise to say, in Afrikaans, it's not for your heart. And this is what I think is being done. Um, so either the city is being misled mm-hmm. 
talk with the DISA needs to get a court case off her hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain claimants' communities are doing this thing in haste to satisfy their constituent only, but not can satisfy the entire city. Now, if District 6 is to teach us one thing, and one thing alone, mm-hmm. it's supposed to develop an issue around social cohesion. Besides right. the term restorative justice, mm-hmm. we want to respond in a sense that you, you want to bring the communities back to the city, mm-hmm. A, in a managed way, mm-hmm. in an organized way, mm-hmm. but can respond to healing. Right. Now, if you're only going to put the 900 there, and the city and the councillor has indicated to me, I had a private session with her. Uh, you actually gave me a lift home one day, thank you. So there's a, there's a spine which they think they want to develop around and that kind of uh, cursory plans were made available on how they can accommodate the 900 people. But our issue was 5,000. The land has the capacity for five or even 6,000 people that can return back to the city, mm-hmm. which is particularly the late coming community now, what might or might not happen, next year you might have a municipal election, and I think it's on the cards, or 2021. You're going to satisfy a certain constituent. Right. Another consi- constituent won't be satisfied. Mm-hmm. We know that it is sad that people are not back because they're dying, their families are dying, and people being impoverished. Uh, by the fact that they're still on the wastelands of the Cape Flats and that they need back to the city near mm-hmm. their work, near their place of worship, where they used to be and live. And that's all good. But I think we are a few months away to have at least a bigger and broader impact mm-hmm. because we all, in fact, are driven to the same thing but almost for the wrong causes. Absolutely. This is the danger. And mm-hmm. now what's going to happen? There will be a backlash of mm-hmm. latecomers that are saying that, listen, you know, we, we've been left out of the process you're designing now for 900 homes. Mm. The city is telling us that, listen, Anwar, we have a waiting list of just general people that are in housing that mm-hmm. also need to be resolved, All right. which is social housing, which is gap housing, which is a, a mixture of, of, of mixed-use development for the inner city. Mm-hmm. So it has to respond to all of those things. Now, I think there is good intentions and goodwill, but there's not a particular holistic understanding and approach to these Absolutely. things. And this is what my fear is, and this might backfire in our faces. Councillors might come and go. Mm-hmm. They might be elected and re-elected. The people are still there. Correct. The common denominators, we as the community leaders, are still there. Right. And I think it is um, a very vexed thing for me as mm. I open and preface my I discussion. Fully, I fully understand you know, your concerns. My, my, as an objective outsider, not physically representing District 6 or the city of Cape Town sitting um, you know, on the fence of this, 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 this show, is trying to appreciate that 900 homes allocated for claimants, 94 to 98. Is there any guarantee or any thought or any uh, process about beyond that, once 900 has been accommodated, <coughs> is national government going to allocate another 900 until we reach 5,000 or not. And the second component that I I worry about is it just, you know, once off, there we go, we've got it, done. Like you said, councillors come and go, but I mean, these are talking points we can have. Uh, Right after this, we'll be back in a jiffy. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station. 91.3 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. 
Sunday Live on 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live. Sunday live. It is welcome back at 25 after 8 in the AM. My name is Mohammed Sheikh. Guests with me this morning include uh, Dr. Anwar Nagia as well as um, uh, this very lengthy name that I have to, you know, keep on reminding myself of. Uh, that is Alderman Marianne Neavote, City's Mayoral Committee Member for Spatial Planning and Environment. So, sitting in your shoes, right? This is, this is my avenue of grey hairs. I've got national government with the directive from the DG or from the minister, you know, uh, that particular channel. I have particular, you know, um, uh, members of community that have constituents which claim to represent District 6 and, you know, quite happy with 94 to 98. Then I have individuals like Dr. Anwar Nagia who's trying to look at things holistically from a bigger picture representing all of District 6 claimants and not a select few sitting at the Council of Cape Town you know sitting at your offices uh, bringing all these types of uh, you know discussions and things like that but ultimately the people on the ground that are working to ensure spatial planning and development is the city of Cape Town it's not national they just providing infrastructure or providing support financially maybe in terms of advice and support uh, logistically but the people that work on the ground is city of Cape Town how do you convene between all of this firstly is there a level of engagement between all stakeholders Maybe to just explain, uh, I think sometimes it's a benefit to be from the outside mm-hmm. uh, because the relationship, uh, it seems to me that the relationship within the District 6 is very complicated uh, and there's a lot of baggage uh, going uh, to and through. Uh, from my side, the clearest position that you can take and drive the process is from the exact process that the city needs to do in the planning realm of mm-hmm. the city. So uh, we are aware this. Uh, uh, my understanding is that there is mainly two, two uh, categories of uh, claimants. The mm-hmm. one is the, uh, the people that's already been approved, the beneficiaries, the, uh, which the 954 is still left that needs to be accommodated. And then there's about uh, 1,500 that have claimed in this period that was open and it's now in the constitutional court and they still need to decide on those. Mm -hmm. And then there's about um, 1,000 plus that haven't yet claimed. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a revolving process as people get to know about the process and also as the circumstances of family changes, mm-hmm. people changes their mind. Mm-hmm. So from our side, uh, we are embarking citywide on mm-hmm. the um, reassessment of the district planning process and with that process identified uh, Pressure notes mm-hmm. where we need to have more detailed area planning and precinct planning, mm-hmm. and District 6 is one of those places that uh, we've identified. Uh, I was not part of the process in, in the past, but I think maybe that is one of where it's got stuck. Mm-hmm. We need to acknowledge that District 6 is part of, of the greatest city of Cape Town, mm-hmm. and we need to 
to take it part of us, to be part of our planning, part of um, the bigger functionality of, of Cape Town. Mm-hmm. So uh, to allay any fears of that we are only planning for the 944 mm. uh, people, it's not possible. Right. Um, the city up this uh, up till now um, the, uh, availed the land that that we do own in in that precinct, and uh, from our part is that we want to make sure that the planning mm-hmm. uncertainty goes away. Right. So we will embark in a process. We've just ended the the first phase is to establish what happened with the. The current district plans, what have been implemented and what not and why not and what have changed. And then as from uh, now up till March, we will negotiate, uh, not negotiate, we would share that information with the community. And the plans is to have specific a workshop for all the people uh, from District 6, not necessarily only those that are currently staying at District 6, but everybody that have a a stake or interest in um, District 6. And the idea is to to already talk to them as a community on Mm -hmm. a specific area identified. Right. Uh, And then after March, hopefully we'll have at least a a draft plan. Because the idea is from now till Mm -hmm. the end of March, we talk about the input from the community side to get everybody's dream, uh, everybody's, well, vision for the area. And Mm -hmm. then March, we come forth with a suggested plan and Mm -hmm. then we get the comment uh, of it. What I'm sensing from this um, planning and, you know, uh, or spatial planning and environmental concerns that you have is that you're working according to a directive. You know, yeah. you're working according to a particular process that had stakeholders engagement and you're following through. I think, you know, in my in my understanding, where uh, there's a lack of cohesion between do- what Dr. Anwar is saying versus national is that the right directive is good enough for ensuring that there is a process going. You know, you're following a mandate, you're identifying areas that have spatial planning. But in the bigger picture of things is that um, the cohesion for including those claimants only include a certain amount of them. And the bigger picture tells us that not everybody is in this process ultimately in the long term. So I would imagine that you'll given directive from national government and you'll act accordingly and make those things available. Is there engagement with national? I'm sure you'll receive the extra 1,000, 2,000 claimants who have not yet claimed yet. Uh, I'm sure you'll are aware that these people do exist and they also would want to return. Is there anything that you all are offering to national government to state that, look, there are others as well. What are you guys doing to ensure that they also have access to this in terms of legislature? Uh, we are try- uh in the process of negotiation with the MOU and we would like to bring them to the to the bigger picture and the broader picture but at this stage they are only focusing on the court case okay uh, and personally I thought well at least at the starting point mm-hmm. uh, but we have identified with the director general that there is a process to follow mm-hmm. it's not the end of all uh, the 954 uh, units that needs to be uh, uh, you know, erected and sure. uh, constructed. Mm-hmm. 
I think in, in the meantime, we also need to acknowledge that uh, it's not only the physical environment that's going to make the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the community leaders need to get together and they need to um, compile a community plan, mm-hmm. uh, a community cohesion building plan, mm-hmm. uh, which is in the, um, um, much of their responsibility. And I'm sure if we use the spatial planning uh, as a hanger, mm-hmm. uh, an objective one, that we can get everybody together. Because at the end, it uh, doesn't matter what your dreams and wishes is. Everybody's vision is the same. We mm-hmm. want a cohesive community, a community that cares, a community that knows it, each other, and a community that have a stake in each other's life. Mm, absolutely. Well, I'm, I, I hear where you're coming from, and uh, you know, I understand the concerns that uh, Dr. Anwar Nagy is also addressing with regards to um, the bigger picture, the holistic, uh, holistic picture, and um, the formalities, the, 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 the nitty-gritties of exactly how many units to be built, identifying areas. Um, these are local things that follow a mandate, right? But in terms of representation, and this is the bigger question that we're asking this morning, in terms of representation, my thing is, come next elections, municipal or national, um, will District 6 be given the same gratitude, the same sense of integrity for land claimants over and above 924 units? Yeah, if I can answer that and also just respond to Councillor's uh, last comment <clears throat> in terms of community cohesion and that sort of thing, I accept the fact that you're saying that that is the overarch position, mm-hmm. that the social cohesion the community things are there. Just to respond to two or three of the other points she, uh, she's raised, first of all, there's always been a plan for 5,000 people, always. Right. There's never that surprise to the city of Cape Town mm-hmm. because the institutional memory has, has been lacking. The same with some of the new District 6 bodies. Mm-hmm. They just don't have any institutional memory that understood it. We don't represent ourselves. We represent a constituent which is there. It was the Minister, Minister Nkwenti who decided unilaterally to just abandon all the community representations, which is a fundamental mistake that he's done and he's appointed his own kind of council of District 6 people to, to inform it, which left the city out mm-hmm. at the time, which included his process and driven it through purely politically charged processes to resolve their own particular issues. Because District 6 is a football, whether we like it or not, a right. political football. Sure. It speaks to voters, it speaks to the voting numbers. So A, there is a plan for 5,000 units to be built. The plan is always on the on the cards because the drawings have been done, the spatial framework development has been done. It was all presented many, many years ago, and the minister, Minister Chabani, just didn't know it was around. She was sure. ill-informed, ill-advised, and she was a victim of, of, of what they call friendly fire, where you actually shoot your own your own kind in the back, not knowing you're thinking it's an enemy and you're shooting yourself. It's a term used in war. So she is a victim of friendly fire. Tokoti Diza, who had a footprint in the area, understood that. She came to the area in 2000 with uh, the, then prime, uh, the then President Tabo Mbeki and resolved that 42 hectares is the land for the claimants. Right. So it's always there. What the city has not done, successive city fathers or mothers didn't, in fact, 
except the moratorium, all of it. Because if you look at the city now, and it compromises your spatial development framework because the city was not supposed to allow development to take place, they have allowed development to take place. Blocks of flats are going up, already completed. It was land that was frozen. The two, three burges behind the Holy Cross School is now being, being built on. Um, areas near um, the old Constitution Street, uh, development is taking there. So all of these nodes which was respected before in terms of a moratorium allowing for the participation of the 5,000 uh, returnee families mm-hmm. that we're going to enjoy uh, on that land in terms of the return together with the city spatial development framework has just been ignored. Uh, somehow your department were not given those plans or not informed. As you say, you've come to the process in, in this particular thing and I like what you say, you want, you want the cohesion and the community leaders to get together. Now, all of those were done at the expense of splitting the communities. Different right. groups were then accepted by the city and also by the ministry because they liked the sounds. Mm-hmm. And the sounds is that if we resolve the issue for 900 claimants, individual property developers can get the rest of the land. Mm. And in terms of the original land ordinance, which was signed with the community in 2000 already, 41 hectares were specifically earmarked for the claimants of District 6, mm. that they take ownership of that piece of land. And of course, there was no uh, spatial development framework. There was only the Cape Town City Council's, what they call a um, David Dewar and others, drew up this huge spatial development framework which, which planned the city for 30 years, which is how you should plan the city. Look at, at, at road networks, schools, public open spaces, uh, tree planting, um, and of course, other. Uh, amenities, medical services, health services, um, uh, day hospitals, all complementary. At the moment, the city has, to an extent, allowed a kind of wishy-washy approach now. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, there's no moratorium. Um, If the city, if councillor go to her own minutes, um, and she'll see in the previous minutes that there was a moratorium, B, that nothing could be done in the area without the consultation. No plan can be approved un- until they come and speak to the community. In that case, it was the beneficiary trust. You speak to us and we say, okay, does it conform to the spatial development plan that we have for the city in the whole? How do we rebuild the city of Cape Town and that we don't selfishly only design it for one group of people, that that, pr- that group of people assimilates themselves into the broader supportive structures of the city. At the moment, Cape Town switches off at five o'clock and sometimes six o'clock, it's dead. We want to switch the city off at 11 or 12 in the evening. So it creates it create a, a, a different vibe and a different mobility, mm-hmm. which the old District 6 had, mm-hmm. all being that it's a younger generation, it's 50 years on, right. you know? So both the national government and the city of Cape Town had a contestation. Mm-hmm. We, we can't be sitting with blinkers on. It was a DA city, it was an ANC national government, and then it was an ANC uh, D, uh, a city with a, a provincial ANC. And so you had that contestations all the time. Mm. So along comes yourself, Council Nevo and others who want to look at this with fresh eyes and to look at it and just saying, look, all things being equal, we need, to, we need to plan this for the people of Cape Town City. But the longevity of it is in question. And that's the problem. Mm. And therefore, one didn't mind a court application saying, come on, speed up the process. Right. Get everybody to speed up the process because it's criminal to see what's happening. Mm. 
But then a quicker solution, somebody thought, ach, man, we just deal with the 900. And that's a solution. Now, that's going to, going to be a nightmare, which even if the city believes that they have a constituent who said yes, even if national government believes that they have a constituent that said yes, it's, it's a powder keg. And, 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 and that's what we're not going to allow, and that's what people aren't going to allow. But so, we're prepared to read the olive branch. We can right. do it before March. We can do it post-March. Where we don't want to say we're going to think about the other people afterwards. That your budget includes that. The municipal infrastructure grant includes the 5,000. Now already, whether we identify those, those areas, 1,500 in the pipeline, 1,500 has been accepted. And we know there was 3,500 people that had actually claimed that is the incompetency of land affairs. They just lost people's documents. They said to some people, go to Mowbray. They said to some people, go to, um, uh, go to 14 Long Street. And they said to some people, oh, but the city has got your, your, um, your housing list papers. So they're all District 6 people. So mm. there's, there's a mishmash of things. And we got it within our realms. We just need a political will. Sure thing. We need a peace will. Let us head to, uh, to the marketplace and uh, we'll be back on the end of this. Keep it locked. From Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Sunday Live on 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live. 44 after seven after eight rather in the a.m. Still a little bit uh, uh, windy and cold outside, but I think we've been steaming up a little bit in uh, in studio this morning and uh, talking about something very passionate to our community here. Uh, Councillor Alderman, you know your shoes with um, retrospective glasses and uh, progressive glasses, so to say. Um, looking at this entire scenario unfolding, years of engagement that Dr. Anwar Nage has outlined, some of the flaws, some of the inconsistencies that may have come up. Um, but ultimately, I mean, the goal right now for cohesion and for uh, ensuring this, this integrity of individuals who want to return back to District 6 remains intact, um, is looking at positivity for the future, looking at uh, goodness. And one of the things you mentioned in passing was the legal framework attached to entire processes for claimants hasn't been cemented. Mm -hmm. Why is that so? I think what happened in the past is that uh, people engage with politicians or decision makers uh, and then uh, a individually agreed uh, process or individual agreement was taken as a official agreement right so uh, at this stage and I know that the elections is looming uh, but anybody that knows me knows that I don't leave uh, things um, in the gray areas mm -hmm. uh, that's why it's of paramount importance that we drive the planning process to a conclusion where we do have a, a city council decision where we have a plan that says physically this is the spatial plan for district six and this is being proclam uh, proclaimed mm -hmm. as to be the plan and then everybody is abide by that uh, that plan sure uh, but also just to allay maybe fears um the city's 42 hectares is still in the pot. Okay. We haven't taken anything out of it. 
and the, um, the 954 um, units uh, do not take up all of that, that, that mm-hmm. land. We also need to understand that uh, anybody that's the owner of land mm-hmm. still ha- have, um, he can come to the city and apply for uh, to enhance his uh, land use rights. So we can't stop the world uh, in the end. Uh, But if we are agreeing in the process, which we, I'm pretty sure that we will be able to agree because everybody wants wants District 6 to work and everybody wants the people to come back Mm -hmm. and have a a lively livelihood. and I think it, it's it's possible. Mm. We just need to do it, and we just need to put some D dates to it and say, you know, this plan. Uh, nobody's going to get the plan that's hundred percent yours. Mm-hmm. But if I can have fifty uh, percent of my plan in the plan, the bigger plan, accept it that we can agree and we can go uh, continue of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's really it, it's heartbreaking to see to see the physical area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to respect the the heritage, and we need to look after the heritage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, part of my thinking, and that is only a personal dream from my side, is that instead of fighting uh, for the land, let's help and see if we can't restore the current buildings that's there. Mm-hmm. So that when we do return, that we do have a facelift for mm-hmm. uh, District 6. Um, the city will drive very hard uh, the public open space development because that that's within our control. It's mm-hmm. been identified. Uh, we can budget from our budget with it, and we do have the in-house capacity to to design it. Right. Uh, and that will be a process when we do the um, the precinct planning. We will do it with each and every one that can uh, have a remotely interest in uh, District 6. Mm. We all need to take take ownership of it. Absolutely. What I'm hearing is your vision doesn't just include new units. You're looking at refurbishing the existing standard. I mean, you know, keep in mind there is this um, appeal that uh, you know District Six be forwarded heritage status, and obviously this yeah. comes with a lot of implications with regards to designing, changing, and all of that. I would sincerely hope that this is also part of a consultative process, like you would imagine, open to a person who has the remotest interest in it, um, because the heritage itself that. Dr. Anwar Nagya has pointed out, it's not just driven at 42 hectares with 5,000 units, but understanding the relevance with something as, you know, people might think insignificant, but really uh, holds true value to heritage, like why Hanover Street is Hanover Street, for that matter, um, why Batenkrach Street is Batenkrach Street, for that matter, and what the heritage lies in that individual component. And I'm sure, Councillor, you would take it upon yourself to include that sensitivity component as well in the process, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, as everything, you need to, to have a balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to have have a district six that that stay, uh, that looks like uh, the 16, uh, 1600. 
Mm-hmm. We want a District 6 that remembers 1600, that you can see it 1600, mm-hmm. but also a District 6 that look forward to the uh, 21st century. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's to strike that uh, balance that we we really want specific sites mm-hmm. that have uh, heritage value, that, and we want to tell the story. We just don't just want a building mm-hmm. that appreciate the past. We want a community that know their roots, that know their root stories, mm-hmm. but also that builds on their own story mm-hmm. uh, on the town. So there will be um, a set of development guidelines to steer those uh, sites that's not been part and parcel of uh, their status. Indeed. Well, you know, I'm sitting here in my mind and, and, and praying and wishing very secretly that your words ring so true in, in the months to come, Dr. Anwar. And I'm sure you're probably having the same hope and prayer in, in your side. You know, it uh, it seems like music to the ears, to the mind, to the soul, I would imagine. You know, this is the process going forward. And um, if done correctly uh, within the platforms available, public space, you know, stakeholder space uh, can channel into something very beautiful. But we might still be living on the edge, Dr. Anwar. I'm sure, you know, we, we don't take everything directly at face value, but there's always a pinch of salt that lingers somewhere in the equation, and I'm sure you have some reservations as well. I know time is, is the enemy, so... And the idea is not to, to respond to everything, and I understand what the council is saying. Firstly, we want a moratorium on the land now. Secondly, because that kind of individual land use management and what the council is approving uh, they're approving it, full knowing that there's a heritage plan coming, mm-hmm. full knowing that the area is going to be a scheduled one area, mm-hmm. and full knowing that other people are going to come back. The people that own land in District 6 was people who acquired stolen land from people that were forcibly moved and people that have, in fact, usurped land. Mm-hmm. But we can debate the ownership of that land. We can debate it. So, to an extent... We blocked so many people that have actually stolen land, Caltex and a whole lot of other people. The property that is developed now in District 6 was frozen. Mm-hmm. The Technicon stole a lot of land as well. It was the last white Technicon in South Africa mm-hmm. that was built. And we had a moratorium blocking their development mm-hmm. that was there. So whilst you cannot stop interv- in a post apartheid basis, the Constitution allows people to have land ownership and to have people develop that land. Mm-hmm. But where it comes to areas like Burkup, the city of Cape Town, Marabastad, Fordsburg, Sophia Town, all of these areas, which was highly contested in Caterman in Durban mm. and South End in PE, and the, the list is about 24 sites around the country, of the millions and millions of pieces of land, mm-hmm. the victims of, of forced removal and apartheid was asking an intervention mm-hmm. by like-minded South Africans who want to heal the past. Mm-hmm. So it's not a tall order for us to ask that a moratorium be placed on these areas, mm-hmm. waiting for the land restitution process to in fact find its, its currency and find its feet. Mm-hmm. And we're a few weeks and a few months away. So we urge that the council respects that, which they're not respecting at the moment, mm-hmm. the moratorium on land. That the council, in fact, wait for the minister to declare the area a Schedule 1 area, mm-hmm. which is in preparation for a heritage site, exactly what is just done in Bukha. 
We wait for the Constitutional Court post the 25th last submissions to be made to amend the Constitutional uh, Court and already the majority party in Parliament together with the EFF and others are going to have that done. And then, of course, the extension to the cut-off date. Mm-hmm. There is a pending application that's going to be done. So we, we literally a few weeks away, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the council, together with uh, the national government, have been literally creating a football in District 6 because of political contestations. Mm-hmm. Wait this period out, call the constituent organizations together, and then engage them mm-hmm. on the plans that were submitted so that we can go forward. Because it's, it's going to be a sad travesty of justice if this momentum is to go with. Mm. And what's going to happen is that instead of dividing communities, 900 people are going to live in a cage and the other 900 or the other 4,000 people, there's no clarity on whether they can or can't return because of the so-called gentrification of the city for developers and other people who want to lay their filthy paws on, on the area. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be allowed. We not certainly, our constituent is not going to allow that. Mm, absolutely. So that's, that's all I'm saying. I think, uh, yeah, um, you know, proactive measures on both sides. And um, I would imagine the passion that you share as well as the, uh, you know, the legal backing or at least the, the protocols from the mandate which you've been offered from your side. And, um, you know, one can always be certain that it doesn't always merge into a, a definite direction going forward. But one can hope that it, uh, you know, this merger tries to see some points across together as a collective, as a cohesive unit going forward. And um, I think uh, in that in that capacity, you know, um, uh, those 5,000 claimants and beyond. The one thing, though, that one comment that I do have um, in terms of this process, you know, that seems ultimately flawed in my opinion as an outsider, the fact that there is an expiry date for claimants, that itself, for me, in my personal opinion, is an injustice. The reason I say this is, look, if you had to put a memorandum to the community to say or to indicate that in this particular period, we can only assess the amount of claimants maximum to a thousand given our resources. I understand that mandate. But to ultimately say that you cannot claim beyond this date is incorrect. Reason for that is how do you redress restoratively, um, you know, injustice from the past by putting an expiry date on when you can. The person who might be sitting out in Mitchell's Plain, displaced, or in Bonteville, right, that has had no awareness to this process being done because she's 86 or 96 years of age, finds out that, hey, you know what, there's a process um, after the expiry date and wants to work through it. And the second thing to this is not having an opportunity for complete extensions. I think, you know, if I had to put any opinion, leave the leave the, the concept of expiry date. Let claimants claim whenever they want to. But in your capacity, if you can say that I can only deal with a thousand at a particular time, 
then say that. But I mean, why put a timeline on when you can stop claiming? That itself already is a precedent that, hey, you know what, the city doesn't want us. So if the amount of restrictions and um, what I call administration niggles that you put in the process, um, you know, to try and dissuade our claimants from reaching through um, is a means of splitting our community even further. So, I mean, why an expiry date? That's that's something sitting on my mind. But I mean, we are out of time and something that, um, you know, I will I will I will grapple on a little bit later doing more research and introspective, um, you know, insight into this particular aspect. But uh, Councillor Alderman, Maria, your vote. I know you have lots of mountains on your shoulders, whether they tope tables full with salt, pepper or gold dust. I'm not sure. But uh, what I can wish for you is goodness, prosperity in this entire process. And I hope that with social cohesion, District 6 beneficiary, other constituents, um, hopefully the next time we chat, those D-dates that you mentioned are all in place and, uh, um, you know, there's a moratorium um, agreed upon. Dr. Anwar Nagia, the same wishes for you going, going forward. Thank you. And um, we hope we can engage all the well. Thank you so much. And uh, I really Thank appreciate you, your time. Thank you for the wonderful opportunity. And I'm sure that you're going to help us do at least the communication to get Absolutely. everybody on board. Without doubt, without doubt. Well, Thank Antia, you, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure chatting to you all this morning. Antia Abida Dixon Mohammed on the um, other end. Shukran to her for, you know, moving the controls and all the right buttons at the right time. And uh, from myself, Mohammed Sheikh, all of us here at Radio VOC. Until the next time, I'm blessed to be in your company. Do have a blissful, beautiful week ahead. And I bid thee farewell. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sunday Live on 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo.